Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. There's this old adage of a young, driven man and his older mentor. And this young man um, just wanted to succeed in life. He was all about making an impact. He was all about doing what he wanted to do to be successful. And this old mentor who had been down this road before, had been retired, knew all about it. And so he took the time to pour into him and to encourage him. And all of you know how that goes. Well, this one particular day... This young man uh, was just perplexed by the stress of work. He was beside himself trying to figure out, what do I do in this situation? How do I handle this? I'm so bogged down by this. What do I do? And so a good mentor, like he is, he says, you know what? Let's go to the beach and let's just, just hash it out with me. Let's talk through it. So they go to the beach and, and they're walking down the beach and... That sounds so nice, right? Like, we'd have no problems if we just lived somewhere on the coast because we could just go to the beach and be fine. But this guy still just was beside himself, and so they're walking down the beach, and this guy's just pouring out his guts. He's pouring out all of the junk, all of the stuff that's going on in his life. And as they're going along, they stumble upon this section of the beach that is just littered with starfish, much like the one you see on the screen. And so the young man kind of looks up and is like, well, that's annoying. That's going to hurt my feet. And he just keeps on walking and just keeps on, on talking. And every once in a while, the, the older man would just kind of bend down, pick one up, take a look at it, and, and whip it into the ocean. And this would go on for the next five or ten minutes until finally the young man was like, are you even listening to me? Like... I'm trying to talk to you about my problems and what's going on in my life. And all you are caring about is this stupid starfish. Like, look how many are around you. Look how many are on this beach. You can't save them all. And the, young, or the old man, just with the most composed look on his face, says, No, but I can save this one. And he chucks it into the ocean. At the Bridge Youth, the youth group at this church, we are about the one. The one student who is going through awful circumstances at home, who goes through awful circumstances at school, who maybe has a great home life, great everything, but doesn't know reason to go when he dies. We're about the one student. The one student who is just bogged down by life and is looking for hope and a home and a belonging. We might not have the biggest group we might not have the fanciest lights. We might not have the best looking youth pastor. But we have the heart for the one. We have a heart for the youth in this community to understand that they have purpose. That they have belonging. That they don't have to search for a rough crowd. They don't have to search to an exclusive community that's not good for them to find somewhere where they belong and somewhere where they have value. We have a heart for the one student who, because of their circumstances, because of their personality, doesn't get along with kids at school because they're more introverted, they're more withdrawn, and so they come to youth group and they're sitting in the corner by themselves. We have a heart for that one student to know that they are seen and that they have value. So today, we're going to do something that we have never done in the history of the bridge, and this service is a youth service. I want you to look back to our sound booth over there. 
Those are two youth students that are, are serving. We have two ushers that are youth students that are going to be taking our offering. You probably got greeted by a mob of students when you came in. I apologize if they smell. We're working on that part of it too. Yeah, we're donating deodorant. Here's what I've learned. I can tell them to put deodorant on, but they have to do it themselves, alright? They're going to hate me for this, but will you, do, will you just humor me for a second, students? If you are a student in my youth group, will you please stand up? Yeah. Yeah. You guys can sit down. I know you're like, okay, please let me sit down. I know how you are. Here's what's cool. Here's what's cool. They could be sleeping in right now. They could be at home sleeping in. They could be playing Fortnite. That probably is a better one, okay? Parents are gone. They can be playing Fortnite or whatever else they want to do. But they're here. They're here at church. They're here to worship God. They're here probably because some of their parents dragged them there, but they still got drug here, okay? And they're here to serve. Here's what's amazing. Those two gentlemen back on the, uh, on the sound booth in the media, they are here outside of this Sunday. These two amazing ushers that are going to come take our basket here at the end of service, they're serving in different capacities. We have different musicians that play on our team. Some of them are back in the kids' wing right now serving our kids. Our kids have a heart to serve. And they're amazing. They're amazing. So I just, I want you, if you see a youth, here's the thing, okay? I don't do what I do for the paycheck. I don't do what I do because I feel good about myself. I do what I do because I want to see our kids know how valuable they are. Because everything in this world is trying to convince them otherwise. And so we're going to fight that tooth and nail if you guys are with me on that one. Cool. Cool, yeah. You can clap, it's alright. It's alright. This is why I love Minnesota Church, because it's like... <laughs> when you're down in the south, they're like, yeah! Woo! Okay, so you guys, are, you guys are welcome to be down in the south, and if you're an introvert like me, it's okay, just sitting there like this, and you'll just do one of these. Okay? It's all good. There was another man, this guy was a real man, this is not an adage, many, many, many years ago, who had a heart to serve the Lord. That's all he wanted to do in his life. He, his, he wanted to be completely 100% sold out to serving God and to loving Him well. And so, God tends to use people like that. And so, he would occasionally just hear a word. Sometimes he'd be sleeping and he'd have this really odd dream that had way too many vivid details. Or sometimes he'd feel something just in the depths of his heart and he just would feel like God's leading him to do something. And he did it. That's good. That happened time and time and time and time and time again until the fact that God started to use him in such crazy ways that he became a prophet. And we read about him in the Bible in First and Second Kings. His name was Elijah. Everyone say Elijah. This will be important in a second, okay? Elijah was an absolute boss, okay? He was so good. He, had, he did some amazing things. And here's what I love about Elijah. It wasn't that he was the best looking. It wasn't that he was the strongest. It wasn't that he had the most skill. I tend to relate with Elijah in a lot of ways, okay? I am very mediocre in every aspect of the word. But that's alright because Elijah had a heart to serve God. 
To the point when you read in 1 Kings chapter 18, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. He is in the heart of this country that hates people who believe in God. They hate Christians, if you will, and instead they serve this pagan god called Baal. And Elijah strolls up in there, surrounded by hundreds and close to a thousand people who worship Baal. And he's like, alright, tell you what. If your God is real, then what we're going to do is I, wanna, I want you to put on a sacrifice. I want you to put on a bull. Okay? And if, if you will pray. And if your God's real, he'll make the fire spontaneously combust and off it goes. And they're like, okay, cool. He's like, but... If it doesn't work, then I get to pray to my God and we'll see what happens. And I don't want to go through this crazy story, but what happens is they pray and 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 nothing happens. But what Elijah does, he goes, I have so much faith in my God that he's going to come through that I want to take water. I am going to dump it on this altar and make it saturated. And for all of us who have tried to start a fire without gasoline or lighter fluid with wet wood, we know it doesn't work super well. But still... He prays to God and the thing goes, and it's awesome and it's amazing and it's really cool. He's on top of the world. But one chapter later, we find that he is discouraged, that he is down and out, that he is burnt out on what God's trying to get him to do. And so he prays and here's what God instructs him to do. So he, picking up in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah went and found Elisha. Okay, let, let's practice together. This is incredibly confusing. Elijah and Elisha. Okay, Eli and Eli. Okay, you guys are perfect. Good job. Okay, this this is. A, I also love big people church because when I do that with youth, here's here's what here's what it sounds like. Sha! I get one person who finally gets it after the, after the second time. It's awesome. Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were twelve teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the twelfth team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. In Jewish culture, your cloak was your identity. It was the thing about you that distinguished you as to who you are. And so when he goes over and he puts his cloak on this other man named Elijah, he was essentially saying, I'm handing you the baton. I am, I am giving you my job. I am, I, I am giving this to you. It's, it's kind of like a family heirloom that we have nowadays. He was saying, God has chosen you to run my race when I can no longer run. And in 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 20, it says, Elisha left the oxen standing there. He ran after Elijah and said to him, First let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. And so Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. I believe that the youth of this generation have the heart of Elisha. I believe the youth of this generation, of this church, are ready for what God is calling them to do. I believe that they have a heart to make an impact. They have the heart to change the world. They have the heart to make an influence on somebody else. 
And that's not just my belief, that's not just what I feel when I'm praying. That is statistical facts. Because the book Generation Z, which I've shared on about before, talks about that a distinguishing characteristic of Generation Z. The students that are in this room are their propensity and their desire to be so unlike any generation in the world that they radically change it. Our students have the heart of Elisha. When Elijah puts his cloak on Elisha, he's calling him out. He's saying, look, you have a bigger purpose in what you're doing. He's saying, look, it's all great what you're doing with your field and your farm, but God's got bigger plans for you. He's got bigger things for you to accomplish. He's got bigger things to do inside of you so that you can go and do things to somebody else. And he's saying all of that, and what does Elisha say? Yes. I can imagine Elijah being like, Hey, I'm calling this out. This is crazy, but let's see what you do. He's like, oh yeah, sure, okay. That doesn't happen, okay? That doesn't happen. He says, yes, but at least let me go say farewell to my parents. Now, parents in the room, if this guy is saying, hey, I'm going to take you away from your parents and you're going to be my assistant for a long time, how many of you would be thankful to be like, hey, I'm going to go say bye to my parents first, right? Nobody. Cool. Cool. Alright, I'll remember that next time I pick up your kids and go to Cain's and tell them not to say goodbye to you. <laughs> I know you wouldn't be happy with that because some of you, I, I, I'm picking them up and they walk out the door and you want to grab them, kiss them on the cheek and they're all super embarrassed, especially the guys, it's awesome. But no, but what does Elisha say? He says, yes. Not, eh, I'll think about it. Not, I'm not sure about that. He says, Yes. And Elijah goes, are you sure? Are you positive? The text says, I want you to go back and think about what I have done to you. He's essentially saying, I want you to count the cost. I want you to understand what this means. This is not just us going on a one-week mission trip. This is you becoming my assistant. You doing the ministry. You being sold out for God. Doing whatever God calls you to do. Going wherever He calls you to. Doing what He has called you to do. Are you sure you're up for that, Elisha? Are you sure you can handle that? Is this really what you want to do? Elisha responds by slaughtering the animals and burning the wagons. Am I saying your kids are violent and soon to be arsonists? Not all of them. Most of them are fine. Some of them I'm a little worried about. Here's what I want us to realize. The Bible says that Elijah had 12 teams of oxen. That might not seem crazy, but I want want us to understand what that means. That means that he had 12 different sets of a side-by-side oxen and farming equipment to help till his fields. Having that many sets and that many teams of oxen means he had a huge farm. Okay? He had huge plots. He was wealthy. He was set. The cattle alone are, 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 are worth money, but the fact that he had that much farm and the fact that he had that much crop showed that he was wealthy. He was set for life. He could have retired early lived his life, he had job security, he was good to go. But when Elijah called him to something different, said, God's got something different for you, what does he do? He got rid of it all. He was saying, there's no going back anymore. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going all in on what God wants from me. No more of this, if, if, no more backup plans, okay? 
No more backup plans. This is, we're going all in for what God wants us to do. And I believe our hearts have the student, or have the heart of Elisha because they've said yes to God. Yes, already. But now they're burning their oxen. They're burning what they're doing. Alright? There's another story of these, of these settlers who, are, who have traveled and, and who, who get to this, this faraway land. And they find this place and they're welcomed with opposition. And so all, they're, they're being persecuted and they're being taken away and all this is happening. And all of the crew members are ready to, to say, you know what, this isn't worth it. Let's go find somewhere else that's not taken. And the captain of the ship says, you know what, we're going we're gonna to learn to get along. We're going to be here. So I want you all to go over to the ships and burn them. Because we're not leaving. We're going to be here until we make it work. And they gave it all. And I believe our students are doing the same thing. Last Wednesday, this a few days ago, we had 36 students come through our doors and sit down. 36, okay? I'm not about numbers, but here's what I do know. Our students are getting it. Okay, five of the ones that normally come were sick or had other plans. And so here's, here's what I'm, I'm starting to see. It's not about Derek, the youth pastor. It's not about the fancy lights. It's not about the cool games we play. It's about students understanding that when they come here, they feel different. When they come here, they're, they're, there's a God that they're talking about that all of a sudden is real. Okay, I've been a part of communities and different things where God is just a sticker for you to be a bad person. God wants you to be out of that because that's not what God has for you. God thinks that is evil and you need to get rid of that. And I'm not saying we need to be allowing, but sometimes God becomes a sticker for you to be judgmental and mean and awful. And so when they come here, it's not about that. It's about them feeling like they belong, feeling like they can just be themselves and that's okay. And they're bringing their friends they're understanding that this is what it's all about. This is, is and I, I, I am so moved by God in my life that I want my friends to experience the same thing. Can I just say, it's not easy telling your friends that to come to youth group, okay? It's uncomfortable. Because you are on a limb. You are by yourself and you're inviting them to something that they probably are not super into and it's hard. But I want our kids to know just how capable they are. I want you to see the impact they have. I want you to see that they're not just some 13-year-old boy who doesn't know what deodorant is. They are kids that want to make their impact on this world. And here's how I know they're going to change it. In our denomination with the Simmons of God, we get the youth groups across the state and across the country give to this thing called Speed the Light. Okay? It's an organization that, that focuses on mission work. So um, they, they work with Free International and they help rescue w- men, women, and children out of sex trafficking. They help dig water wells in Africa for places that have horrific water. And they help them get clean water and they help build churches next to them so that they can find hope through that. 
They partner with Convoy of Hope and help go throughout desperate parts of the world that get ravaged by different, different storms and tropical things. And they give to Live Dead, which are missionaries that are in the Muslim world that are, are helping show people light and, and, and translating the Bible and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. And here's what is crazy. Last year, Minnesota students, your students, students in this state gave $1.7 million in one year. Yeah, wow. Here's what's crazier, okay? Alabama, the second closest state, gave 600000 $1.1 million of a difference in Minnesota students. Yes, thank you. Pastors get that in about a year. So like 1.7 is not a huge number to me personally, but like it, it's a pretty big number, okay? Here's what I love. Here's what makes me a proud youth pastor. 2017 was the very first year the Bridge Youth gave to Speed the Light. And we gave $1,067. Awesome. Cool. Like we had 25 students. That's a pretty good ratio. Okay. Last year, 1986 For all the math was in there, about how many more is that than the first year? About double. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> She's our math teacher. Okay. This year, we are on track to already sail above that mark. At MYC, two two weeks ago, Minnesota Youth Convention, students were encouraged to give that that, that day, but they also had these pledge cards of saying, how much do you want to give within the next three weeks? On November um, 13th, we're doing a big give here at church within our youth group. And we're just going to collect money and we're going to do everything we can to bring in as much money as we can to give to Speed the Light. Your kids who are at convention pledged that they want to give collectively $2,500 in the next few weeks. Yeah, that's clap for them. Here's the thing. Is that lofty? Sure it is. Is it big? Is it going to require God to do something incredible and amazing? Absolutely. But whether they hate it or not, the fact that they're dreaming that big makes me one happy guy. Because they understand the impact of what they're doing. And Wednesday when we talked about it, I got pics, or pictures from students who were... I sent them home with water bottles. And I said, I want you... I had, I had 40 water bottles lined up here for the number 20 through 60. And I said, I want you to take this home. And I want you to, to pick a water bottle. I want you to raise that amount of money in the next few weeks. So if you grab the number 24, it means you've got three weeks to raise $24. And if you don't get it, then I'm just going to be at the front door with a Nerf gun just blasting you until you get $24. I told them if you don't get it, it's fine, but I want you to try. And so, literally, I was locking up the church. I hadn't even left the door yet, and I was getting pictures from students saying, Oh, I'm home. Drink my water bottle. i got this one filled. I'm working on this one now. They have a heart to make an impact, but it's not all about the numbers. They're seeing the needs and they're recognizing what's going on in the world, but they're, they want something more. They're saying yes to Jesus. We had a student last year at convention give his life to Christ. And ever since then, he's been on fire. He's, he's worshiping with all, all of his might. He's bringing students from his school into church. And they're, they're experiencing Jesus, and that's awesome. We have kids at camp who are, who are experiencing that. They're praying for one another here at youth group. They're praying for each other at convention. They're praying for each other at camp. 
we're, we're working on, on, on doing a mission trip here and then in the near future. And, and some students are saying, that terrifies me, but I feel like God's calling me to do it, so I want to do it. And they're saying, yes. They're putting God first in their life. And I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to hear from one of our students. So Jasmine, will you come up here? All right. Will you please clap as loud as you can for Jasmine? Keep it close to your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, hi. God showed up in my life when I was eight. I always thought it wasn't a big deal because he's just like an ancient old man that I learned about in Sunday school. But, sorry. Um, I gave my life to Jesus 6th through 8th grade because all my friends did it and I thought that it was cool. But, in reality, I wasn't ready for any of that and I didn't want to like commit to all that. Um... Until this past summer at youth camp, but this time I actually meant it and I was ready. I'm so thankful for God in my life because without him, who knows what kind of trouble I'd be in or where I would be. I'm just going to leave everyone with that, with what Micah told us at youth, told us youth students at NYC this year. Stop running from sin and start running to him. So all right. That's all I got to say. Here's the cool thing. Jasmine went to camp. And she came home, and she was different. It wasn't just stuff that she wasn't or was doing. It was that she just genuinely had a life about her that was just so much more amazing. Because she had a genuine encounter with God. And I know there are so many other students in the room that are having that same feeling and are experiencing that same thing. Second Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. Bear with me. This is a long one, but it's important. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, and the company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Sounds like our youth students. <laughs> then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on, and fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elijah had stopped at the Jordan. And Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha says, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. Elisha was with Elijah until the end. 
He was saying, I want you to stay here because this is dangerous, because this is hard. And Elisha was saying, no. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. He was with them until the end. And just before Elijah's taken up to heaven, he says, what do you want? If I can leave you with anything, what can it be? Money, power, favor. And what does he ask for? A double portion of his spirit. And a lot of times we think, does that mean that he's saying, I want to be twice as good as you? Does that mean I want to have twice as much of your spirit? When you look at the ancient text, you look at what the Hebrew says, what he was asking was for the birthright. In Jewish culture, when you pass away, your oldest son, your firstborn son, gets everything you own. He gets everything you do. He inherits everything. And so Elisha was saying, no, no, no. I don't want it to go to your son. I want it to go to me. I want to take your baton. I want to run the race. I want to give it everything that I can to make sure that God is glorified and to make sure that God is going where he's going. Our students have the heart of Elisha. St. Francis has a population of 7,817 people. According to the 2018 census, 27.2% of the population is 18 or younger. That's 2,126 students. St. Francis Middle School and St. Francis High School have a combined total of 2,429 students, and that's just in 6th through 12th grade. So yes, 36 students is awesome, and I love that, and I'm amazing, but our work here isn't done. There are still kids in our school who are battling through addiction, who are battling through abusive homes, who are battling through stuff that is real, that is intimate, that is intense, and they are looking for hope. They are looking for a home. They are looking for belonging. And we have it. Not just the church, but through Jesus. We have the answer to their pain. We know it's not going to make it easier all of a sudden, but you're going to have a new source of strength. You're going to have a new sense of purpose so that you can make it through just one more day. Our work is not done. And I could easily say it's up to me, it's up to us as the church, but it's not. It's up to our Elishas. It's up to our kids who have a heart to serve God. It's up to our kids who know their students, who know their peers, who know what they're going through. They not only know, but they're willing to go. I want you to notice something. Did Elisha just go? Or did he get sent? He got sent, right? Elijah took his cloak and put on him and says, Here, I'm empowering you to go and go. He says, I'll teach you. I'll empower you. I'll help you. I will send you. But you got to go. And he says, yes, I will go. We have a bunch of Elishas in our midst. And now it's up to us as the church to send them. Once a year, we do this thing called Project 52 where I come and share my heart about youth and I come and share what's next. And here's what I really believe, church. I believe our youth are about to do something that has never been done before. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. But I do know that something is changing in our community. I've been able to work with so many of you in, in, in different ways of the community and helping out with the, the school programs and different things. And Chris and I have been praying for, for the last few months and he came up to me one day and he said, Derek, I think that our next into the community, that the thing that God's doing in our community is through our youth. And here's the crazy part. I felt that same thing about two days prior. 
So I think God is speaking to our church and He's speaking to what's happening. And so it's up to us. You and me, we are Elijah and it's time to empower and equip our Elishas. So here's how we do that. If you have a student in your home that is 6th through 12th grade, here's the thing. I get them for one hour a night. You get them for way more than that. Give it your all. Show them the way. Not just by telling them, but by doing. Go before them. Preach the word. Live your faith. Live by example. Some of you guys maybe have youth in your, in your home, but some of you guys might not. Pray for them. I'm not going to pick on the individual, but I saw the coolest thing on Facebook. She said, I've learned that when I'm attacked, when life is beating me down, when I feel like, like the enemy is just at my throat, I found the one cure to help get him off. I pray for our youth group in this community. That's amazing. How cool is that? Praying for our youth is so important. Can I just tell you, it's not easy. They're, they're, it's not easy for them. It's not easy for me to watch them go through this stuff. So you pray for us? Will you, when, you're, when you're going through your devotions, when you're doing your thing, will you just pray for us? Because we could really, really use it. And the last thing is, it's, it, we call it Project 52 because we do it once a year. We're not going to hit you up with a pizza fundraiser. We're not going to hit you up with wrapping paper. And if you are a first time guest of ours, I don't want you to feel any obligation for what I'm about to say. Because we don't care if you give or you don't give. But here's what I will ask. In the next few minutes when we pray, we just ask God what He'd have you do. Because we call it Project 52 because we're just asking. It's a big ask. That everyone who feels led would give $1 a week to our youth ministry. $52. You can do it all today. You can do it... As, as the weeks go along, you can do it more than that. You can do less than that. It's whatever God's speaking to you. But here's what I'll ask you. There are students who went to convention this year who would not have gone had it not been for people generating scholarships and funds for them to go. And those students had an encounter with God. And I know one of them in particular who was genuinely touched by convention because of someone else giving them the means to go. There are kids in our church who are coming because, not because I'm a good youth pastor, not because I smell good, not because my wife is incredibly good looking. (laughs) She is. But because they have a desire to be here. Because what we do isn't half throttle because what we do isn't just hodgepodge throw it together it's because it's intentional and it's done with excellence the gaga ball pit the volleyball net the bibles for the kids you don't have them all come from you guys they all come from you guys and as we get ready to go on a potential mission trip here soon everything we are just stockpiling and saving so we can send our kids out into a different country a different straight a different state and into their school with the tools to do it with excellence so this morning I'm asking you a video is going to play here in 30 seconds. The baskets are going to come around. If you feel led to give, I want to say thank you. If you don't give, I also want to say thank you. Because you know what? We value whether you give or not. We value whether you put nothing in the basket or whether you put a lot in the basket. Because here's the reality. The fact that you are here in this room means the world to us. Because you have an impact to play just as much as our kids do. I've been bragging on our kids a lot, but we have some amazing individuals in this very room right now. 
So thank you. Thank you for everything. And we just direct your attention to the screen. All throughout the Bible, God is all about using the underdog, the down and out, the least likely person. And what we see so often throughout the Bible is that God always uses young people. Not because they're down and out, not because they're weak, but because they have a heart for His. They have a heart to make a difference. They have a heart to be obedient to what God's calling them to do. And what I love about the young people of this generation is that they are continually asking how they can do more, how they can be more. And in the next few moments, I want to show you just some of the amazing moments we've had together as a youth group. But before I get to anything, I just want to encourage you that what you're about to see is just a glimpse, just a fraction of all that our youth are capable of and all that our youth are currently doing. We have a very, very good future ahead of us. And I'm so thankful to have the Bridge Youth.
Yeah. I love what I do. It's not easy all the time. Sometimes it's very heartbreaking. But I love what I do. Because the beautiful part about Jesus, the beautiful part about what we do, is that He's always rewriting a story. He's always turning the page into a new chapter. He's always taking what was broken, what was messed up, and making it into something new. God's in the business of changing lives, both in our own personal lives and through our personal lives. I'll tell you what right now, if you think you have an average teenager in your home, you're wrong. I've been a part of some very different youth groups, some very larger ones, some very smaller ones. Big or small, here's what I know as a matter of fact. That the students in this church, the students in this community are something that I've never seen before. They're crazy. Yeah. But they're crazy. Crazy for God and crazy for what He's doing in their life. So I mean it. Whether you gave or not, all I ask for you to do is if you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I pray that you would know that these students, they were in that stage at one point too. I know they'd ask you just to consider whatever it is in your life. Just let God into it a little bit. But with that also, will you pray with us? Will you pray for us? Because I'm going after those 2,400 students in this community. We're going at it. And so I want to do this one last thing. They're both in this room. Bethany and my wife, will you please stand up? These two amazing ladies make me look good. Okay? I can shave my beautiful face and I can wear fancy clothes and make it look like I got it all together. But it's these two amazing ladies who make this thing what it is. Will you just clap for them? Thank you. Make no mistake, God is doing what He's doing in spite of the volunteers, in spite of who's leading them. He's doing what He's doing, but He's using them. He's using me. And I pray that that continues to happen. So you just pray with me. God, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you so many, so much for the volunteers who go to youth convention. So many of the volunteers that I haven't mentioned, God, but who, who drive kids to youth convention, who, who help them go through that, God. The volunteers who help pick up kids and drop them off. The volunteers who help, who help get kids to certain places. God, there are so many in this room I could acknowledge because you're using them and, you're, and they're being obedient to what you're calling them to do. So you bless them. Will you bless the people of this church, God, who are saying, yes, I want to send these kids. Yes, through my prayer, through my, to, through my finances, through my encouragement, God, I want to play my part. God, will you bless them? Will you bless this ministry, God? We're asking, just like Elisha did, God, just for a double dose of your spirit, God, just for your favor, 
that you would continue to move in this group, in this community, and in this church, God. I can't thank you enough, Jesus, for who you are and for what you're going to do. It's your name that we pray. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.